Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, warmer from Evo. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Ghost Ghosts with myself, Greg Eubes Peters, and now part of the Beast of Family Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Tristan Freeman. He does great work at Bustin' Brackets, taking a look at the game that we all know and love. He is based out there in the Pittsburgh slash Philadelphia area, and that means that we've got to talk with him a little bit about the Pitt Panthers, what are some of his expectations for the season from the school, and on top of that, we are going to be diving in with him about the entirety of the ACC. We have noticed that it has been very much a top-loaded conference with a lot of teams that have really been a big, giant anchor to these top teams. We will ask him his thoughts on that, and if we might be seeing a little bit of reversal this year with the likes of Louisville, Boston College, what have you, that have been those big, rusty anchors for the conference, and that we're really going to be diving in hot and heavy with regards to the waiver situation that we are left with in the NCAAs. We've got a lot of two-time transfers that they are awaiting a waiver, whether or not they're going to be able to get one or not. That is right now something that is very much captivating so many of us because it is going to be deciding whether or not it seems are going to be looking rock solid coming into the year or if it's going to be a very rough ordeal. He's going to be laying out some of these teams that they've got a lot to gain slash lose. With regards to teams that have these guys that are relying upon those waivers and uh, things might be looking on that front as well. And then we're going to be asking him about a few teams that have maybe been sending out to him with these foreign tours as well. So we've got a lot that we're going to be talking about in segment number two. And segment number one, didn't see a lot of news in college basketball on Wednesday, but it does seem as though we got a little bit on the realignment front. And on top of that, we did see a transfer of a big man heading to Oregon. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore d1. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five-star review. Let's dive in on what we saw in college basketball on Wednesday. Did not really get in any Twitter questions slash X questions now for this one, but we did see Mohamedou Diawara, hopefully I said that correctly, come into Oregon from Stetson. While he was at Stetson, he was a three-year starter, and he actually saw his numbers dip in every year that he was at Stetson. 2019-20 freshman season, he was tremendous. 12.5 points, 6.5 boards, and then from there, he averaged a block, more like 10 points, 6.3 rebounds as a sophomore. That dipped uh, last year, 4.1 points, 4.4 rebounds, first time in his four years 
at the college level in which he had fewer than six rebounds per contest. Didn't really block a lot of shots either, and Oregon is going to be looking at him to be able to provide quite a bit of depth because in Folly Dante, we all know what he's capable of. He is going to be that big man down low for Oregon, but you did want to have someone perhaps behind him, and I believe that both of these gentlemen are actually from Mali. So that is a very interesting parallel between these two. Both of these guys, they both had their freshman campaign during the 2019-20 campaign, though. If I remember correctly, Dante did have to sit out a year as well just due to injury because I remember he has dealt with quite a few of those throughout his entire career. He played just 18 games in his first two years on campus. So that is something to be able to dive in on and that is good insurance for Oregon. And then when it comes to some of the Pac-12 teams, as we know Oregon, they are heading over to the Big Ten. It seems as though talks are opening up once again for trying to add Cal, Stanford, and what would be SMU to the ACC. There is nothing official as I do this podcast, but the ACC is deliberating. They are discussing this once again. So if you do find that, then you've got Washington State and Oregon State, sort of a two-man band trying to you have a latch onto a conference. you got to figure that the Mountain West, they would very much love the opportunity to add those two schools, but realignment never ends, and what never ends is being able to dive in on this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. Coming up next, we do talk to Tristan Freeman of Boston Brackets about the waiver dilemma, about what we're seeing with regards to these foreign tours, and we're going to be diving in on the Pit Panthers next right here on Coast Coast with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. 
as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Las Vegas for Guess Guess Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as we've got Tristan Freeman aboard. He does absolutely tremendous work over at Fansided's college basketball feed of busting brackets. I know that he has been doing an amazing job all offseason long, taking a look at this great game that we all know and love, being able to dive in, get set for the upcoming season, and you are able to follow him on Twitter. At Hoopsup351, actually, you can't follow him on Twitter because it's now called X, which is absolutely ridiculous. But what would be absolutely ridiculous would be not getting Tristan on the show as he does amazing work. And Tristan, it's always great to get you aboard. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Greg. I always appreciate you joining me, Tristan. And Tristan, I know that you are out there in the great city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I know that there's quite a few good teams out there. Duquesne is a bunch I think is going to be very interesting in the MLA 10. Robert Morris, I don't think can be slept upon in a rising league that's been a little bit down the last few years, but them being able to rise up and the rising league in general, in my opinion, looks a little bit more solid this year. That's fun as well. But let's take a look at that main team of the Pittsburgh Panthers. What do you think of their overall outlook for this year? Because as we know, the two teams getting the most hype in the ACC right now, that'd be the two Blue Bud schools in Duke and North Carolina, though I do think that North Carolina is certainly not going to be that 
number two team, but with Pittsburgh, it was a big surprise for that they were able to make the NCAA tournament last year. Do you think that they're able to repeat, perhaps get back to the dance this season? I think they have a shot. I mean, they lose all four of their key rotation guards, including all ACC first teamer Jamarius Burton, but they bring back Blake Kinson, who's also an all league player. He's someone that not only was going to lead the uh, team in scoring, but could potentially average 18 to 20 points a game in the ACC level. The front court for the Panthers will be fine with Henson, Federico, Federico returning, and both the Diaz Graham brothers potentially being sophomore breakout candidates. So there's no concern in the front court, but the backcourt's going to be questions because it's four newcomers, including three freshmen, one of them being the famous Dior Johnson, who's a retro freshman after sitting out last year. It'll be interesting to see how he plays. He's going to be the X factor because if he's good enough, to contribute right away and be a double-digit scorer and an effective lead guard, and Pittsburgh absolutely can get into a tournament. But if the point guard situation is a bit murky and there are struggles, then they could find themselves on the wrong end of the bubble, potentially. Yeah, and I do think that that is really what's going to be make or break for Pittsburgh because the three-point shooting for the team last year was very good. And I'm so glad that you mentioned Frederico. Frederico, a guy that really went under the radar. I thought that he was one of the best centers that didn't get the love that he deserved last season as well. For a Pittsburgh team, that was sometimes a little bit hit or miss on defense, but you could tell that the effort, it was there for the most part last year in comparison to a lot of the ACC schools. So I do think that there is quite a bit of upside there. And I'm not sure how you view the entirety of the ACC, but I think that we would both agree that many of these schools in the ACC the last few years, they have been hurt very much by the teams at the bottom of the fold. I'm looking at you, Boston College. Last year, certainly Louisville was a big, rusty anchor that just dragged down the ACC. And Florida State, a team that many of us thought was going to be solid going into the season, they just turned out to be about the size of a flop of the Godfather Part 3. That was really, really bad. How important do you think that it is for the ACC that the bad teams, they just are a little bit more mediocre rather than being absolutely cataclysmically bad like the Louisville's and the Florida States of the world were a season ago. Yeah, obviously Louisville got the attention for how bad they were overall winning just four games, but the league had a lot of issues in non-con play. I mean, Florida State went about 3-8 and eight and had several awful losses. Boston College, without Quentin Post, lost to several awful teams, including Maine of all of them. And in Notre Dame, before they cratered in league play, they lost St. Bonaventure as well. So it wasn't just Louisville. The bottom half of the ACC was pretty poor and drug the numbers down for everyone, which ultimately helped play a role in why North Carolina, despite not having any bad losses on their resume, wasn't good enough to get into a tournament. So it's definitely going to be a group effort, but there's a lot of questions on almost all of these rosters outside of Duke. I mean, did North Carolina get better? Virginia lost four starters. Virginia Tech lost arguably their two best players. So the middle could be pretty shaky again. If the league gets off to another bad start, then they're going to find themselves way behind the likes of the Big East, Big 12, and SEC when it comes to overall bids for the dance. I do think that that is going to be something that is going to be important to note as just the balance of power in the ACC. You've had a couple teams be very solid at the top, but it seems at the bottom... Boy, they have been at the bottom, as joining me on the show is a man that's always on top. That'd be Tristan Freeman. He does absolutely tremendous work over at Boston Brackets. And as we know, the ACC, much like every single conference in America, they've got a lot of transfers. And 
there are many teams that are going to be holding their breath as to what happens with many of these transfers. Now, there's a few schools that are not going to be relying upon guys that have transferred two, three times. Like, I actually think Duke is in a very good spot with regards to what the NCAA may slash may not be doing with these second slash third time waivers, whether or not they're going to be awarding them or not, as Duke is pretty much running it back from last season and bringing in a few freshmen. So actually in very good standing on that front. But how do you view some of these teams that they are going to be relying upon? Just the eligibility of some of these guys that maybe they're transferring for the second or third time without being a graduate transfer, because right now the NCAA has not really shown their hand as to what they're going to be doing with regards to these waivers. And I think that's a big question that nobody has an answer to right now. Yeah. Interesting. You mentioned Duke because they were looking for a center reportedly all off season. And one of the targets was Aziz Bandango, the whack defensive player of the year at Utah Valley. He was someone that was linked to them. But part of the question was he's a two-time transfer that hasn't graduated. And the view is unless he gets a mental health waiver, he's going to have to sit out. And obviously he's a Cincinnati now. They're entering their first year in the Big 12 with the likes of Hunter Dickinson and other great bigs. It would be nice for them to have Bandango there in their inaugural season. And if not, they could be in a little bit of trouble. So they're a team to watch. And everyone's looking at Ole Miss because they could have up to three guys looking for waivers, including... Alan Flanagan, who is an interconference transfer, the SEC has had this long-standing rule about players who switch teams in the league after a certain date. So Flanagan's someone that could uh, need a waiver as well, besides Musa Cisse, the uh, former Big 12 defensive player of the year at Oklahoma State, as well as Brandon Murray, a double-digit scorer from Georgetown. So depending on what the NCAA does with Ole Miss, they could have potential to be a top-16 or possibly a bottom four or five team in the SEC. So I don't think anyone is looking at waivers more than the Rebels. Yeah, I do think that there's a ton of teams that are going to be looking at these waivers as well because we have seen just a lot of transfers this offseason. And just with everything that you've seen, obviously, I will throw this out there before you give any sort of an answer. Nobody knows what the NCAA is going to do. And if you know what the NCAA is going to do, please let myself, Tristan, and everyone else know because – We would absolutely love to have this insight because for about 175 years, we have not been able to figure out the NCAA. The NCAA has not been around for 175 years, but we have not been able to figure them out regardless. But how do you read this sort of thing? Because I know that there were a lot of waivers in football that were struck down. And I do think that the Omar Silviero situation over at West Virginia did make me feel a little bit more pessimistic about a lot of these guys getting out there on the floor for the season as well, because he did not play at all last year, and his college career is unfortunately now done. There's quietly been a few others the NCAA has already ruled on negatively. One was Woodbury to transfer from Utah Valley. He played two games late in the year at Utah State in the past, and the NCAA counted that as a year against him. So he had to go pro. Jaden Dallaire, San Diego, also someone who had to go pro as well. The NCAA has made it clear, and I think the problem is that we just don't believe in them because they, they always say things and do another and then have these waivers as sort of a way out. Been been clear so far. And for those who follow on the football side, a couple of big-time ACC transfers at Florida State and UNC already got denied waivers. I think if we just believe the NCAA this one time under new management, a lot of these dudes who haven't graduated are going to have to sit out. And then once that, you know, gets through our brains in the, you know, couple months when the announcements come, then 
it's going to change how a lot of future players look at a portal because if they know they can't graduate at least sometime in the summer, they're just not going to enter a portal, and we're going to see, by result, fewer guys enter overall. Yeah, and I do think that this is a big, giant ball of wax to be taking a look at, and we should be getting more answers on this in the coming weeks and the coming months, but as I'm looking more and more, the more pessimistic I am viewing this, and I'm not sure if you have this issue as well, Tristan, but it's really hard to know who are going to be guys that are going to be graduate transfers or not because that does cause for a lot of nitty-gritty research, and it does make it very difficult to be able to just keep guys' eligibility straight in general when we are doing these conference previews, things like this, because there's just a whole lot of stipulations with the new COVID rule for the fifth year as well. Yeah, and not just guys who are graduates, but guys who are eligible uh, in general. I mean, the Kenyon, uh, Kenyon Menafield situation He's basically having a red shirt because he's not going to be academically eligible coming over from Washington. So there's a few guys that are dealing with that same kind of situation. I think Jalen Forrest, who was a transfer from Presbyterian, he committed to Georgia Tech, but he's now going to JUCO because he wasn't going to be academically eligible. So we're going to get a lot of surprises that we weren't even expecting because you got some dudes like Lamari Burnett, who graduated in three years. Other guys, reportedly Dobby Jones, uh, the St. John's going to Memphis transfer. He's good to go. He's graduated. But then there's going to be others who we were not expecting. Other guys who have procrastinated to a point where they're still taking summer classes just to be eligible. So from a content creator standpoint, it kind of sucks because you're not really going to have true rosters being defined and, and confirmed until October, but you still have to write, you still have to produce things, and we'll just have to take the punches as we roll and make changes when needed. Yep, it is going to be a mess trying to be able to take a look at things. I can tell you right now, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to this upcoming college basketball season, so that is going to be very, very interesting. But hey, it gives me work to be able to do the next few months. As shown to me on the show, we do have Tristan Freeman, who does tremendous work over at Boston Brackets. And Tristan, as we know, the last few weeks, what has been really big in college basketball has been these foreign tours. And there have been a lot of notable ones with the likes of Kansas, with the likes of Kentucky, really getting a lot of fanfare around theirs. But have there been a few teams in general that you've taken a look at their foreign tour and you maybe are feeling a little bit more bullish about them and or you just noticed something about them that seems to be a little bit different from past years? Honestly, not too much because it's hard to know the level of competition. For example, BYU lost today to a team in Croatia who's viewed as one of the better ones in, in Europe and they only scored like 12 points in the second half. If you weren't really high on them to begin with, you can argue that that's a eye-opening result from a negative standpoint. But I'm more or less interested in, in who gets minutes and who's in the starting lineups because those are kind of hints that you could possibly take. And if there's any breakout stars to watch, obviously everyone paid attention to what Kansas did against the Bahamas national team with Hunter Dickinson and Arteria Morris before he got nicked up. So, so that's something interesting to watch as well. But I think... Just more than anything, you kind of are interested in what these new rosters could potentially look like. And we're at the point where now everyone who looks good can be a breakout star, even though coaches are playing everyone fairly equal minutes. You know, these rotations are going to get cut down 7-8 anyway. Yeah, but I do think that that's a big thing to take a look at as well, because a lot of people are like, oh, TMX, they lost you. Insert your favorite slash least favorite country here, and... 
That I don't think is very important, but I do think that it is very important to be noting some of these lineups that coaches are trotting out there now. As we know, there's going to be a lot of experimentation that happens with regards to these foreign tours just because insert your favorite player here is getting a few more minutes than you expect. It does not mean during the regular season they're going to be looking at a mondo amount of minutes, but I do think that it is interesting to be taking a little bit more of a look at the rotations, trying to find a guy that maybe got into shape in the offseason. That's the way that I think that these foreign tours should be treated rather than trying to become bullish slash bearish on a team because they lose to like Croatia, as you were mentioning with BYU and things like this. I don't know if you agree slash disagree, but I want to be seeing more the progression of some of these players rather than the true results itself. It's hard to tell which players are progressing because they truly got a lot of work done this summer and it's their time or if they just got extra minutes on a court and that's the result. Like I think one guy to look for is a Trey Coffin Bren of Purdue who got limited minutes last year, obviously backing up the likes of Zach Eady, but with Eady not playing, he was a standout front court player for Purdue and he can play the four. And I think if Matt Painter is looking to do something different at that spot outside of Mason Gillis, maybe he's someone that these results you should take seriously and that he could be a potential starter for them. And a man that is always a starter when it comes to our lineup of great guests. That'd be you, Tristan. You do a tremendous job when it comes to taking a look at the great game of college basketball over there at Boston Brackets. Now, I know that you, much like myself, are very much paying attention to what the NCAA is doing with some of these guys that may slash may not be eligible. I know on top of that, you're taking a look at the Pittsburgh sports scene as well, getting set for the upcoming season with the Panthers, with Robert Morris, list goes on and on. You do absolutely amazing work. So let the good people at home know it's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yes, sir. You can follow me at hoopsnut351 on social media and at Bustin Brackets. And you can also check out my Friday newsletter for the Field of 68 Daily, talking about some of the top transfers and other storylines from the week. And who knows, maybe we can get some news regarding Stanford and Cal to the ACC, finally. Good grief. And then you'd be left with the Pac-2, which, I mean, man, for Washington State and Oregon State, I'm not sure what will be happening with them as Washington State has actually been halfway decent at football over the last few seasons at a basketball school that's been a little bit up and down in recent years as well. So you've got a big giant ball of wax that is happening there. And Tristan, he does a great job of making sense of it all. Does great work over at Boston Brackets, so always a pleasure to get on board. Big thanks to Tristan for joining me on Cus Cus Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Cus Cus Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you've got one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my X timeline. That's really weird to say. At GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other way. That is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. With regards to player movement, the transfer portal, that seems to be wrapping up, though. Obviously, I've been taking some time out the last few days to alert you guys that these guys that we're expecting to be out there on the court, they might not be due to waivers. So we're staying on top of that. And conference previews, they're hot and heavy. We've already done 18 conference preview podcasts. We're going to do all 32 when it's all said and done. The SOCON is going to be coming within the next few days. So be on the lookout for that. And I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. And obviously, once we get in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I appreciate you tuning in today. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus